Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents his teaching, Practical Direction. You and me can receive practical direction from the Lord in our everyday lives. If we're ever going to fulfill the plan of God for our lives, we have to realize that it's a day-by-day process. And the ability to hear God's voice in our daily lives is absolutely necessary if we're going to be successful. You know, I can't possibly cover all the ways that God leads us or speaks to us in our daily lives, but I can introduce you to a couple of basic concepts that, if practiced, can help you follow the leading of the Lord more accurately every day of your life. Establishing a lifestyle of trusting God and following His leading will keep you on the path that He has chosen for you. Over a lifetime, God will use that trust to help you run your race and finish your course. Amen. As many of you know, I've been prone over the last 30-plus years to visions and dreams and heavenly visitations. And even though these are legitimate ways to hear from the Lord and have their place in the life of a believer, they're not the normal way most of us hear from the Lord on a daily basis. I do plan at some future date to talk about dreams and visions and the role they play in a believer's life. But today, I want to emphasize some of the more practical ways that God can speak to us on a daily basis in our everyday lives. So I want to talk to you today about the Word, the Spirit, peace, and desire, and the role they play in helping us follow the leading of the Lord. Let's talk about the Word. If you've been a believer for very long, you've probably heard it said that the number one way that God speaks to the believer is through the Bible, through the written Word of God. Although I wholeheartedly agree with that statement, I want to say up front that I didn't always understand what that meant. The first time I heard someone say that, I remember saying to myself, I believe this, but what does that mean on a practical level? How do I apply that in my everyday life? So after many years of serving the Lord and teaching the Bible, I realize now that this is a pretty common response, especially for new believers. So let me begin to answer these questions by saying that I believe there are layers of guidance and direction that you can get from God and uh, help us live the life that He has planned for us. There are later layers I am distracted by her. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. Let me begin to answer these questions by saying that I believe there are layers of guidance to direction that God uses to help us live the life that He has planned for us. There is general guidance, and there is specific guidance that we can receive from the Word of God. Although guidance and direction are similar concepts, I want to say, because somebody asked me this question one time, I like to think about guidance as the how-to and direction as the where-to when following the leading of the Lord. 
We as believers receive most of our general guidance from the regular reading and study of the Word of God, our Bibles. Now, this, of course, should be augmented by the teaching and preaching that we receive in our home church. Can I get an amen? Amen. That is to say, we can receive basic guidance from the Scriptures, which tell us how to live our lives with honor and integrity, how to conduct ourselves properly in public and private relationships, and how to love God and love people the way that God loves us. For example, we do not need to hear the audible voice of the Lord to know that we should love God with all of our heart and love our neighbor as ourselves. We have the word of Jesus in our Bibles to tell us that. So in these ways, you receive general guidance directly from God, directly from God through his written word to you, what it means to be born again, what it means to be filled with the Spirit, what it means to be forgiven, love, marriage, raising children, running a business, that and much, much more are all in the Bible and can be applied generally to everyone who calls themselves a Christian. Sometimes, though, through the mutual actions of the Word and the Spirit, we receive more specific guidance or direction from the Lord for our particular lives. For example, in the course of a message like today, the pastor or other minister, he may say something that sounds an alarm in your spirit, tells you to change course, or addresses a need in your life with just the right word at just the right time. Since I've attended church faithfully for almost 40 years now, I can tell you from experience that this has happened to me more times than I can remember. In fact, there have been several occasions where the preacher said something that was completely off his topic, but it happened to be just the thing that I needed to hear at that hour. How many have had that happen to them? Oftentimes in these situations, the minister may be completely unaware that they've been used by the Holy Spirit to speak specifically, directly into the heart of someone in the congregation. That's one of the reasons it's so important for believers to attend church faithfully. Not out of religious obligation. But we all need the leadership of a pastor and the ministry of the Spirit that occurs when we listen to anointed teaching and preaching of the Word of God in our home church. Let me put it to you this way. Every time you miss church, you miss an opportunity for God to speak into your life. And you miss an opportunity for you to speak into someone else's life. A word of encouragement, a word of comfort, A word that will lift their spirits. Amen. Other times during your reading of the Bible, a particular word or phrase may jump out at you that has tremendous significance concerning the current events and circumstances of your life. How many have had that happen to you? Amen. This has happened to me many times. Let me give you just a few examples. Now, I'm going to talk a lot today about my time in the Air Force Reserve. And the reason for that is I spent 21 years in the Air Force Reserve and a lot of 
significant things happened to me during that 21-year span. One time when I was still flying for the Air Force Reserve, I was struggling with a commander who just didn't like me. No matter what I did or how well I did it, he determined ahead of time that he didn't like me and there was nothing that was going to change his mind. In fact, the moment I arrived at the squadron, he told another squadron mate of mine that he didn't like me and he was going to do everything in his power to see to it that I did not succeed. He failed, by the way. And since he was in a position of authority over me for the next four years, it was a daily struggle just to keep a positive attitude in my job. One day this commander came to me and said, you've always got a dark cloud over your head, flex. That was my call sign. And that dark cloud follows you everywhere you go. I remember thinking to myself, you know, the only dark cloud over my head is the one that you put there. Because I'm just fine. As a result of this prejudice against me, he was always looking for ways to put me under his thumb. And whether he would admit it or not, it was because I was a committed Christian, one of the few in that squadron. So I became really frustrated after a while. And I went to the Lord with a furious prayer. Y'all know what a furious prayer is? When all protocol goes out the window and you just tell God how you feel. I went to Lord with a furious prayer. I said, Lord, this man says I got dark clouds over my head and he's bringing a lot of heat my way. I need answers and I need answers now. So a few days later, I was reading from the book of Isaiah and I came across this verse. Isaiah 25, the first part of verse 4. You have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm, and a shade from the heat. You know, I was just doing my daily reading in the Old Testament. I was reading through the book of chapter 25 of Isaiah, and the first part of verse 4 leaped off the pages of the Bible and directly into my spirit with the words that I needed to hear at that time. The Spirit of God working in concert with my daily reading the Word gave me exactly the word of comfort that I needed at the time using the same phraseology that I had lifted up to God in my furious prayer. You got clouds over your head. You got heat coming your way. I'll be a shelter from the storm and a shadow from the heat. You cannot convince me in any way, shape, or form that God was not speaking to me through the Word of God that day. And it was not general guidance. It was specific to my particular situation. And if God can do that for me, He can do that for you. It's up to you to spend the time in the Word to give Him the opportunity to speak to you in that way. You know... In that situation, the persecution continued for the rest of my stay at the squadron. But that word that I clung to for four years was enough to sustain me until I got transferred to another unit. Another example of receiving specific input from the word happened to me when the Lord began to deal with me about retiring from the Air Force Reserve. 
Now, you got to understand that I spent nine years active duty flying for the Marines and 21 years flying for the Air Force Reserve. At the time of this incident, I was at the 18-year mark. It had been such a huge part of my life. It was going to be difficult for me to walk away from flying military aircraft. So many of my dreams and aspirations were associated with flying military aircraft, and now I was faced with leaving that chapter of my life behind. And it was a very painful time in my life. So I began to earnestly seek the Lord in prayer. Many times I'd wake up in the middle of the night, tears streaming down my cheeks, crying out to the Lord for answers. Why, Lord? Why do I have to leave? Why now? What's the purpose? What's going on? Why do I have to say goodbye to something that's meant so much to me over the years? The realization of my childhood dreams. Don't you know what this means to me, Lord? This went on for about a week. Every night, I woke up crying, crying out to the Lord. But one of these nights, I began to hear a particular verse of Scripture coming up in my spirit over and over and over again. And that passage of Scripture has to do with the Word of God, and in particular, meditating on the Word of God. It comes from the book of Joshua. So turn with me to Joshua 1 verse 8, probably familiar to most of you. Joshua 1 verse 8. This is the scripture that just kept coming up in my heart, and there's good reason. When I was a freshman at NC State, this was the first Bible verse I ever memorized, and it had been in there ever since I was a freshman at NC State, and it started rising up on the inside over and over and over. I heard myself say, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I shall meditate therein day and night, that I may do according to all that is written therein, for then I will make my way prosperous, then I'll have good success. I kept hearing it over and over again, and I kept saying to the Lord, that's great, Lord. This is a scripture I'm very familiar with. I meditate on the word because of this scripture. I have taught this scripture many, many times, but what are you trying to say to me through that word right now? So a few days later, I was driving in my car, and the Lord said to me, all of a sudden, he just spoke to me on the inside. It was what I call the inward audible voice of the Lord. He said, what was going on in the life of Joshua when I spoke that word to him? The answer leaped out of my spirit. I knew what the Lord was saying to me. Lord, it was a time of transition. Joshua was receiving a new assignment. That's what you're telling me. I'm in transition and there's a new assignment on the horizon for me. Thank you, Jesus. I drove the rest of the way home from the air base, praising the Lord because I had heard from him in a way that I'd never heard from him before. You see, this scripture can be applied in many different ways, but I never thought he would apply it in that kind of way and say, what was going on in the life of the person that I spoke this word to in the beginning? And it just fell into place. 
Moses was dead. Joshua had taken over the leadership reins. And it was going to be tough going if he was going to conquest, if he was going to conquer Canaan. He was going to have to have the word of the Lord as his strength, as his courage. You know, read that whole first chapter. Do not be afraid. Be of good courage. Do not be afraid. Be of good courage. Do not be afraid. Be of good courage. Walk in the word and there'll be nobody that'll be able to stand against you. That's what that chapter is all about. So when I had this burst of revelation, driving in the car, and I went a little wobbly because I was in the roundabout when this happened. So it's like, maybe I should go one more time around until I get myself situated. But I managed to get back on the road and, and head home. And I was just flooded with the peace of God. It just overtook me. Now, it was still going to be difficult for me to walk away from the Air Force Reserve, but now I knew there was a reason. Now I knew why I had to say goodbye to one chapter of my life so I could open up the doors for the other chapter of my life to begin. So not surprisingly, very shortly after this, the Lord opened up some new doors that ended up taking me in a completely new direction. I ended up retiring three years early from the Air Force Reserve, and I left to pursue my new assignment. And even though it wasn't easy, I knew that it was the right thing to do because I know that I heard the word of the Lord that day to me in the car. Do you see what I'm trying to get across to you? The Word can speak to you in multitudes of ways if you spend time in the Word. If you spend time meditating on the Word, God can do these kind of things in your life. All right, let's shift gears. Let's talk about the Spirit. I'm talking about the Spirit of God. Many times people ask me, how can you know for sure the Lord is speaking to you by His Spirit? Sometimes I hear a voice on the inside, but I don't know whether it's the Spirit or if it's just me. Now, everybody in this room has had that happen to them. Isn't that right? The answer you need to know is that the written Word will always function in agreement and in accordance with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will always function in accordance with and agreement with the Word. Amen? So the key to hearing the Spirit better is getting into the Word again. The man who led me to the Lord when I was 17 years old, he said to me one day, and it just took me off guard. He says, Scott, your relationship with the Word of God will determine how close your relationship is with the Father God. Because His Word is who He is. It's His character. It's His nature. It's his love. It's his compassion. So I determined at that time that I was going to have a relationship with the word of God so I could learn not just the acts of God, but the ways of God. Amen. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, 
joints, and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Wow. So it's clear from this verse that the Word of God is a living thing, and it's sharp enough to divide between the soul and the spirit of man. You know, I always teach that the heart of man is the spirit and soul in combination. And here the Bible tells me that the spirit and soul must be so closely intertwined that it takes the Word of God to separate them. But many times, the spirit and the soul are not in sync. You know, the spirit represents that part of your heart that is just exactly like God. But your soul is the collective of your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. And they're not always on the same page. But if you're going to fulfill the will of God for your life, you need to train your soul to link up with the Spirit and be on the same page. Amen? Hallelujah. Psalm 8611, perfect scripture to illustrate this concept. Psalm 8611 says, Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Your heart cannot be united if you're not walking in truth. Jesus said, Father, this is John 17, 17, teach them your word because your word is truth. Or did I say it backwards? What Jesus was saying was that the Word is the ultimate definition of the truth of the universe. So Hebrews 4.12 teaches us that believers can become so familiar with the Word of God, it will enable them to accurately judge the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So you will know. No, that was just me. No, that's the Spirit of God speaking. I got a witness in my spirit. That's God. So the more you know the word, everything goes back to the word. The more you know the word, the better able you are to hear the voice of the spirit and know it's him and not just you. Now, there are other ways that God can speak to us by his spirit, such as dreams and visions. And I will mention one dream because it's germane to this topic. But even those have to line up with the written Word of God to be trustworthy. Let's talk about peace. Peace. Following the peace of God is one of the major ways we can follow the Holy Spirit and receive direction in life. Sometimes when we're following the plan of God for our lives, we come to a point of decision, a crossroads a place where we have to decide what step to take next. It may be a choice between two paths. It may be a choice between many paths. But we got to know the right path that God has for us. Listen to me. Doors may be opened in a number of areas that you have to decide, but you have to decide which door is right for you, which door was opened by the Lord. So before I go any further, I feel the need to tell believers this note of caution about open doors. While it's true that the Lord is able to open doors no man can 
shut and shut doors no man can open. The Lord can do that. You can read that in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. But that does not mean that every open door is for you. There may be doors that are open simply because of circumstances or because of your qualifications or, or because you know somebody that knows somebody. So every open door has to be prayerfully considered to make sure it's the one that the Lord has opened for you. I've had many open doors that were open for me by the Lord, and I went through them and accomplished greater things for him. But sad to say, I have to fess up. There was at least one occasion where I went through an open door that the Lord had not opened for me, and things did not go well for me. By the same token, every closed door may not be closed by the Lord. Sometimes you know in your heart there's a certain direction you have to go, but when you get to the door, it's closed. Well, that's when you have to push that door open by faith and step into what God has for you. Amen? And I've had that happen in my life where I've had to, by faith, push my way through the door because I knew it was the door for me. So what can we learn from this truth about open and closed doors, which seems like a rabbit path, but it's really not? The main thing we can learn is that we are never to be led by the circumstances of our lives. Never, never, never be led by circumstances. If we are sons and daughters of God, we are to be led by the Spirit of God, not circumstances. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I don't see the word circumstances in there anywhere. Now, there are times when circumstances line up rather well with the path we feel led to take. But there will be times also when the circumstances don't line up at all. There are times when you have to go with the inward witness, which manifests itself as the peace of the Lord on the inside, regardless of the external circumstances. Colossians 3.15, we're going to read it in the amplified version. This is awesome. This is how you know which of those paths you need to take. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and acting with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state. Amen. Here's how it works practically. When you're presented with a decision like the ones we've been talking about, spend some extra time in prayer and in the Word. And I don't mean just a few minutes. If the decision is important, you need to be willing to spend some time seeking the mind of the Lord. So as you seek the Lord on your decision, imagine going down each of the paths that are before you. Go down as far as you can in your mind in those paths. And whichever one of those paths gives you the most peace is probably the way you should go. It says to decide like an umpire with finality 
All of these kind of questions. I like to think about it like this. Okay, I'm contemplating this path right here. And the Lord says, safe. Then you think about this path over here. He goes, you're out. So just like an umpire, you go by each path and you make a ruling and you decide, okay, Lord, this is the one I feel the most peace about. This is the way I'm going to go. And you might add a caveat. And if I'm wrong, Lord, you are welcome to interrupt me. But I'm going to go this way because I feel the peace. All right, one more. Desire. Desire, Psalm 37, verse 4. Most people don't think about desire as a way that you can hear from the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 4. We've all heard this. This is one of our favorites. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. But there's a qualification that goes along with this promise from God that cannot be neglected, or this promise will not work for you. First of all, this scripture does not say that if you delight yourself in the Lord, He's going to give you everything you want. That's not what's being said. To find out what's really contained in this promise, we have to look at the meaning of the word delight in this verse. What does it mean to delight ourselves in the Lord? Well, the word translated as delight, it means to be soft, to be delicate, to be dainty. For the men here this morning, that doesn't sound very manly, does it? I'm soft, and I'm delicate, and I'm dainty for the Lord. And he loves me so much. What I believe is being said, soft, dainty, delicate, is that believers have to train themselves to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And there's nothing unmanly about that. But to get to that place in your life, you have to be following hard after God. Do you know what I mean by that? Living for Him, seeking Him with all of your heart, not indulging in fleshly desires, but submitting yourself to the will of God in all the affairs of your life. You have to be living like that for the Lord to reward you by stirring and planting desires in your heart. All right, I'm going to talk about grad school some of you heard these grad school stories. We're going we're gonna to talk about it again because it is germane. Here's an example, but I have to set it up a little bit. A few years ago before I left the active duty Marines and moved my family from Texas to Louisiana, I received an amazing word from the Lord where he told me to continue flying with the Air Force Reserve and to pursue advanced degrees in engineering. Long story, don't have time to go into it. But at the time I received that word, I only had a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. So I perceived that that meant that the Lord wanted me to pursue a master's and a Ph.D. in engineering. So after I transferred into the Air Force Reserve at Barksdale Air Force Base in Bossier City, Louisiana, I started immediately working on my master's degree. I would drive 30 minutes east three days a week for classes at Louisiana Tech, and I would drive 30 minutes to the west two days a week for my reserve duties at the air base. And that 
first time in graduate school was a really tough time for me and my family. My wife can attest. For two years, with two in diapers, Trish and I and our toddlers, we existed off of school loans and part-time pay with the Air Force Reserve and one on the way. So when I finished my master's program, we were pretty wore out as a family. And to top it off, Louisiana Tech wasn't even offering a Ph.D. in my field of engineering. So I talked it over with Trish, and she said to me, can you all imagine Trish saying this? If God wants you to pursue a Ph.D. in engineering, he's going to have to find a nearby program. And because of what we just went through, we're not doing grad school again unless God pays for everything. I remember turning to the Lord and saying, you heard the lady. (laughs) So we shelved our plans for me to pursue my Ph.D. Fast forward several years later, I had a dream in which I was driving my car and it come to a stoplight at an intersection. And I was just kind of zoned out, not really paying attention to the light. But the light turned green and I just sat there. Staring at the green light. And then all of a sudden in the dream, my car started to sink into the asphalt. I mean, really quick, you know, like quicksand or something. And I was just barely able to jump out the driver's side window to keep from getting sucked in with the car. And then I woke up from the dream and I said, Lord, what was that all about? And the Lord said to me, You've stopped progressing in your plan, and you need to get moving again. I said, all right, Lord. Now, here's where desire comes into play. The day after that dream, all of a sudden, on the inside, was this tremendous desire that was stirring to pursue my Ph.D. in engineering. It had been shelved for years, but all of a sudden now, Because I was living my life seeking after him with all of my heart. I was following hard after God. He was able to plant that desire, stir that desire once again when the time was right. So I submitted to the desire that the Lord put in my heart. I took the steps necessary to apply, and I was accepted into the Ph.D. program shortly afterwards. And if you're wondering how it all turned out with the demands of my wife in mind, I was awarded a Board of Regents Fellowship, which paid for everything, and then some. Amen. Thank God for a wife that will hold your feet to the fire and some things. <laughs> Amen. Four years later, I completed my Ph.D. in engineering. To God be all the glory. But the thing I want you to take away from this was the Lord was able to stir that desire inside of me because I was pursuing him with all my heart. I was delighting myself in the Lord, and therefore I was very sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord, and I heard his voice easily. And because of that, he was able to say, hey, remember this? This is something I talked to you about a long time ago. Now it's time to stir it up again. Now it's time to do the thing that I told you to do years ago. However, this caveat, I must speak. If you're not pursuing him with all of your heart, if you're not following hard after God, 
you won't be sensitive to the Spirit of God, and therefore you cannot trust the desires of your heart. Fleshly desires simply cannot be trusted as a means of direction and guidance in your life. You need to get your life right with God before he will ever lead you in this way. Amen? So there you have it. The word, the spirit, peace, and desire. All basic but important ways we can follow the leading of the Lord in our everyday lives. So let me conclude by saying this. Unfortunately, many have emphasized the spectacular ways that we can hear from God and have de-emphasized the most basic and common ways that we can hear from God. So today, we've highlighted some of the practical ways that we can learn to hear the voice of God in our everyday lives. And if practiced on a continual basis, hearing from the Word and the Spirit and following peace and desire can all be used to guide us toward the ultimate fulfillment of the plan of God for our lives. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Forrest's message, Practical Direction. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.